0: Hi, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, and we are here with a new episode. Uh, This week, I am joined by Laura Hayes, who is the director of MavPack Leadership. Uh, We're going to talk to Laura about MavPack, what they do, and then we're also going to talk about how they've developed this leadership platform, which uh, she is in charge of. And we're also talking to Laura because we are going to be visiting C Conference as well, which is going to be out in Indianapolis, uh, March 12th and 13th, and she is going to be a speaker there as part of a panel, and she'll give us a little more information about that later on. Uh, But Laura, how are you? Welcome to the show.
1: I'm doing great, Kevin. Thanks so much. It's good to be here.
0: Definitely happy to have you. Um, Former guest of the show, Laura Steele, actually recommended you, so uh, you came uh, highly regarded. So very excited to talk to you today
1: big fan of hers as well. We actually went to elementary school together back in the day. So that's another story for another day.
0: Oh, wow. I had no idea. The connection runs deep.
1: We didn't figure it out till a long time later. So it's <laughs> one of those funny moments we figured it out when she, through maiden names and all that jazz. So yeah, pretty funny.
0: Uh, very cool. Very cool. So why don't you tell us, tell us a little bit, I guess, about yourself and kind of what your role is and how you kind of got to that position where you are now.
1: Sure. So People like to say, packaging, that's definitely something we saw coming. So MathPack, we are a packaging distribution company. We started four years ago because of an amazing man named John okay. wanted to be a bright light in the business world here in Indiana, mm-hmm. and his, pack, his platform has to be with packaging. But his mission is he wanted to honor God in the way he serves people. And he and I knew each other through church and different things. And so he said, hey, I'm starting a company, and I want you to do it with me. And I had no idea who he was talking about, but the more that I heard his vision, (laughs) I got on board. And in the beginning, he said, like, I don't know what you'd actually do, but can you help keep us on mission? You know, what is a job description?
0: Interesting (laughs) job description, yeah.
1: (laughs) It is, it is. And I just believe in building community. It's a huge value of mine. And so although we are packaging distributors, And that's what we do. We sell and design boxes and tape and blah, blah, blah. They're really sexy stuff here to the warehousing and manufacturing industry. (laughs) My passion was how do we help great people and great customers meet one another and get better together? So we started hosting, in the beginning, serve events where we'd go and do things with United Way and backpack attacks and different Midwest food banks and things like that. And as we got deeper, people said, this is great, but can you help us with our people?
2: Mm.
1: And so we just really, in the vision of wanting to serve people, started to host things that actually train their people. And it came down to leadership development. That was the gap they really needed. We all need it, but this just happened to be our industry. Yeah. So that's where it kind of developed out of. It wasn't on purpose. It was a reaction to, it was a need of our customers. So as a whole, it's one of the whole divisions of Pack. There's four. And so MathPack Leadership is its own division that just serves this industry, helping to raise up leaders and teach them leadership development skills.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So, so that is actually, you go out and do kind of like external coaching for these other companies, right?
1: Right. So each semester, which is six months, I mm-hmm. go to 10 warehouses a month for two hours at a time. Wow where their whole leadership team, usually all the managers and supervisors, about 15 people at a time. Mm -hmm. Literally, we go through, how do we help learn? How do you communicate? How do you actually give feedback in a way that actually motivates people? Do you know your strengths? Do you know your personality? And I always use some type of framework to get to know yourself, that self-awareness. So I do a lot with DISC or strengths, things like that. And then the power is that you have, if you can imagine on your leadership team, if everyone has the same common language, Mm -hmm. you all learn the same paradigm to give feedback the same way that you're having a one-on-one conversation. That's when you really get stronger as a team. You're more unified. You know how you can make sure you're actually holding each other accountable to practice this way and to actually lead in a way that helps people versus when we just do it on our own, we tend to crush people.
0: Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really important because I think it's, You know, it's so easy to give positive feedback, but it's hard to give negative feedback in a way that, like you said, doesn't crush somebody and totally discourage them.
1: It is. And feedback, there's two types, criticism and praise. Mm -hmm. But when typically when you say, oh, I need to give feedback, your brain thinks of criticism. Mm -hmm. But actually, we know research shows us that praise is more motivating than feedback. And so I challenge people, think of a three to one ratio, number one, to actively give praise. But well, we teach this paradigm of radical candor, how to give feedback in a way that really motivates someone. And mm-hmm. so you think of your your vertical axis is care personally. They have to know you care. Right. Whereas the horizontal axis is you have to challenge directly. You have to tell people what you think. When you hit those two axes, your top right quadrant is radical candor, rare and honest. Okay. If you're low on care personally but very high on challenge directly, you hit a quadrant called obnoxious aggression. I'm sure obnoxious you never met aggression. anyone who would hit that quadrant, but there's a reason it has a label for it. I yeah. always make the joke. If someone walked in with something in their teeth and you said, Hey, idiot, you got something in your teeth. <laughs> oh, you challenge directly. They know what they need to fix, yeah. but you are very low on care personally. So the outcome of obnoxious aggression mm-hmm. is a very unmotivated, possibly revengeful, defensive employee. Right. But you can be very high on care personally, but low on challenge directly. We call that ruinous empathy. The person walks in with spinach and their like, oh, I feel so bad for them. You cared, but you never told them what to fix. Right? You cared. You just didn't challenge. And so we teach this really specifically that if you feel like you're hitting an obnoxious aggression, you need to work on being more kind. Mm. If you feel like you're hitting empathy, you need to work on being more clear. So imagine if your entire leadership team knew that language. And when you went to get feedback, you worked on making sure it was radically candid. You worked on building those relationships so you they know you care personally. If you think you care but they think you don't, they're right. Yeah, definitely. You have to start developing those people and building into them. You have to know about their personal life. That's why we teach a lot about how to have a one-on-one conversation. How do you help develop someone's career? I literally give them the model for that. Mm-hmm. It's not natural, but it's the only way you're going to find out how to truly develop them and help them reach their potential because that's your job as a boss. Right. Your role is to guide the team to achieve collective results. But you have to teach people how to be a guide. And that's what I do. I love to do it.
0: Yeah, I can tell you love to do it. And uh, obviously, <laughs> you know, you're in the right role to do that kind of thing. So so it's very interesting. So so now when you go and do these trainings and, you know, you, companies probably, you know, obviously there's these trainings I've seen, you know, one day, two day seminars and things like that. But yours sounds like it's way more intensive and involved over a six month period. So you know, how, how do you see, I guess, the initial reaction to when you're introducing these types of ideas into a culture that maybe has not had this kind of thing before, what's the kind of initial reaction and then how does that change over time and what results do you start to see?
1: Sure. So I on purpose have learned over the years, I don't do one-off and okay. I always say, if you went to the gym one time. Yeah. How effective is that? So when someone says, hey, will you just come teach radical candor, Mm -hmm. You know, would you just come do one strength finder class? No, I won't. And the reason is it's not good for you. Mm -hmm. So if I come back every month and I know for the homework I give in between class, that here's now how you put this into practice. This is what you're going to do in between class to make this part of your actual habits and your culture. Mm -hmm. And so I will only come if you'll let me come every month, two hours, we take a break halfway through. We don't have cell phones out. We're really intense, very interactive. They have to practice these conversations with one another. Okay. They have to dig into their reports from their personality and start to see, Oh, these are my patterns. These are some blind spots mm-hmm. and make action plans around how to get stronger as a leader. I also, the, the head manager of the, of the company, I then coach one-on-one outside of class to help them okay. for them to have a sounding board, but also to, to coach them specifically. And so the, so as I'm meeting with people, the first thing they typically, of all the things I present, because we also do off-site classes where all the companies come together for one half day and I do two identical sessions in a day. And we do just okay. similar content but in a different way locally in the mm-hmm. same town. We do that three times um, once a month, three months in a row. But when I first meet people and tell them of all the things we do, the first thing they'll ask me about is coaching. Because mm-hmm. everyone knows there's a leadership gap. No one thinks, oh, no, we're rocking a 1,000. No, no, no. no. Everyone goes, huh, yeah, we could be better. They can imagine how this isn't going well on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yep, he can be a jerk. She doesn't give anyone feedback. Like, no one's thinking, nope, we're perfect. Yeah. But the first thing they'll ask me is, coaching, you'll come to us? Because they ask, here, can you take all of your mainers and supervisors off the floor? Yeah. Have them drive 10 minutes away? Like, that's, no one can do that. Our buildings are so dynamic and fast-paced the fact that I come to them into their conference room where they literally walk down the hall mm-hmm. halfway through, they have a break and can check on their teams. That's why we do this. So when we think that we serve people, when we, when that's our mission, this is why we do it. I come to them. I rent the curriculum that works for them right. within two hours over six months. So, yeah.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I like that idea. And so now what, what kind of, uh, I guess results have you seen over time in terms of, <clears throat> um, you know, going in, to say a company that's never had this kind of training available to their leadership team. And, um, then, you know, they absorb it and they follow the steps and then, you know, over time, how do you see things change?
1: Yeah. And your initial question, I think was Mm -hmm. how do people first react to it? And then what, what happens over time? So I'll answer both questions. So the very first time I always start with something about themselves. And so strength Mm -hmm. finders, you take your assessment, tells you your top five strengths. You're one in 33 million. The chances of someone else having your same top five in that order. People love to know that about themselves and to really be known and understood. Mm-hmm. The same with personalities. To see your report in black and white, that's me on paper. Yeah. So that's always my framework. And I'm building trust and rapport with them because I'm going to ask them to do really vulnerable things this semester because I want them to grow. Mm-hmm. So initially, when they start to understand about themselves, that's kind of my hook. <laughs> okay. When they really feel appreciated, and that's my buy-in, that they want to grow and get better. So initially I had great reactions and it's fun. It's within two hours. It's in your own context with your friends, you know, the people you work with. Mm-hmm. And I always say, I don't talk for more than seven minutes. So there's lots of activity okay. and things to make them stay really engaged over time. So like I said, I only come for six months because I love to see their growth and they do too. When you build each month, here's a little bit more, a little bit more mm-hmm. by the end of it, you have a common language. You've actually practiced and practice this common language that if I went back, you know, a few months later, they would still know their strengths. They would still be able to say, oh, I see his achiever. I see her deliberative. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that that's the reason I do the six months, so then you see the growth. Most companies, I go back and back over and over and over. I've coached some for over two years now that you just keep going back and you do the next set of curriculum and you just keep getting stronger. So it's really cool to see them, their common language grow and their capabilities. But then also then I say, push this down further. So then your direct mm-hmm. report, you start teaching us too. And then the cycle continues.
0: Got it. Interesting. So so I'm curious, do you see, you know, when the teachings take place and then kind of, I mean, I guess as the course is going on and then the course is over, do you see a correlation between these learnings going into practice and then, uh, I guess, performance of the overall operation increasing?
1: Sure. Soft and hard numbers, both. Uh, Turnover is one thing you also look at here. I had one major Mm -hmm. say my... My strategy can't be I'm going to steal a great person from another building. That mm-hmm. can't keep being the strategy. We have such right. um, low unemployment, and we have open – in Plainfield alone, we have 1,500 open job spots right now. Wow. So you see less turnover. You see people who don't want to leave because they know I'm going to get built up here. Mm-hmm. That's a huge buy and We want people to feel appreciated. It's the number one reason people stay or leave a job. Okay. So when I teach people better leadership skills, part of that is you have to appreciate your people and know, how they want to be appreciated. Mm-hmm. So then they stay longer. So then you have a better, stronger workforce. And so on and on it goes. So yes, I always say people development is a crockpot, not a microwave. So it mm-hmm. takes time. You didn't get this culture overnight, but to see them start to put these things into practice, you definitely see the results and see teams getting stronger and companies getting stronger as well.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's I can see how, you know, being able to show an employee how they can, be developed where they're at, I think makes, makes a huge difference. I mean, we, you know, I'm in a similar type of situation where I am uh, in the New Jersey area, uh, in these concentrated pockets of New Jersey, it's just a lot of places, you know, they don't have that kind of culture that you're talking about. And um, I think for employees, they don't necessarily develop loyalty for the most part to the company and everybody is always hiring. So it's like, oh, you know, I could just get another job. Like, and if they feel like the company doesn't care about them, then they're probably going to do that at some point, or they're going to quit for a little bit and then go pick up another job, wherever. Um, so mm-hmm. being able to develop that and have that kind of culture, I think, is really important, like you said, for retention, um, especially when in some cases where maybe you can't compete with the bigger guys like Amazon and stuff on wages. Um, Maybe you can compete on better culture and more opportunity to grow and develop, like you said.
3: We'll be back after a quick break.
0: You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Oh, definitely. It's a differentiator that what makes this square house different from this one will develop you. And we have a plan for it. That's the one gift that I give. I give you a plan for how you can develop yourself and your leaders and your future leaders and Mm -hmm. keep on going. And so it's a big differentiator, the things that they'll invest in for sure.
0: Definitely. So now for the people that are, so I guess this, you only offer this service to the like Indianapolis, Hendricks County area, correct?
1: So I'll go around the 21 counties here that circle Indianapolis. So we have a big interstate called 465. So I okay. say I stay around the loop. Mm-hmm. I do a lot in Hendricks County, mainly Plainfield, just because that's where the majority of our warehousing is here right. in Indiana. We have a lot up in Boone County as well, but there's it's just a large population out there.
0: Okay. So now, so I guess for the people that are listening that are not in that area, what are some tips that you can give them to kind of start to have this kind of practice culture um, among their company and within their operation?
1: Oh, definitely. I would always encourage any team. You have to build trust. In fact, that's one of the big mm-hmm. things that I teach in the second course is the five behaviors of a cohesive team. And that bottom foundation you think in terms of a pyramid is to build trust. And so I challenge people a great way to build trust is have a framework to talk about yourself, do personality assessments if they're accurate Mm -hmm. and helpful use them and so person there's every i mean there's myers-briggs there's this there's enneagram pick one and start to talk about how you operate and communicate start to learn about yourself and then talk out loud as a team that will break down barriers and say oh is he really a jerk or is he just really commanding Mm -hmm. is she really passive aggressive or is she just more relational style there's that is a huge team development having those conversations. If you all would read the same book and start to talk about it, that will develop that common language. Mm -hmm. There's lots of questions I challenge teams to ask one another at the start of meetings and asking direct reports to start to understand them. My favorite one is ask someone what's something you're proud of personally and professionally. Mm. I've done this in lots of team meetings and I have them go after direct reports. I always say when you ask things like that, people will whisper back to you how to better lead them. So when they talk about what they're proud of, what they've done at work that they're proud of, they're whispering back to you how they want to spend more of their time and energy. Mm. If they tell you what they're proud of personally, they're going to tell you what they care about. And the more that you do that, it'll show that you care and you actually will care. When we think of, you know, radical candor, you'll go up on that line very quickly. That'll show more that you care. So I encourage, ask intentional questions. Hey, in the last three months, what was your best day at work? Why? Mm. In the last three months, what was your worst day at work? Why? Dissect that. What are things that are going on? Have those conversations as a team. Because now you have a framework on how to better operate, how to better actually communicate with one another versus we all just do it our way. Mm -hmm. And then we're actually not a cohesive team. That's very dysfunctional.
0: Interesting. I like, I like those question prompts too. Um, and I think those are really a way to, like you said, tap into somebody and it kind of, it gets to something that you want to get to without necessarily, I guess, being so direct with what you want to get to. Right. Um, so I like that a lot. So now, I guess, what would you say to, because obviously you've done this and it's been successful, but Mm -hmm. what would you say to maybe the person that's listening right now, that's a warehouse manager, supervisor, um, that says like, Oh, I'm so busy. I don't have, I don't have time to do all of this stuff. What would you say? How could they incrementally start implementing this?
1: So for someone who's saying that Mm -hmm. they've lost sight of what their role is in the long term. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the whole thing. I don't have time to eat well and be healthy because I have so many things going on. So when you have a heart attack at 40, there is a reason you invest in this now. Mm. Like when we're thinking that if our goal is to develop this next generation of leaders and sustainability, you have to stop and do that for yourself and others. Think about what you want out of life. So if you're just running and putting out fires, that's not fulfilling, rewarding, or that's not really your best value to the company. Your best value is to reproduce yourself. Mm -hmm. So we always say you want to move from a doer to a delegator to a developer. Your highest value to yourself, your team, and the company is to become a developer of others. So in every class I teach that's public, we go through, and each time you come in, what percentage of your day are you spending each one of those? And so over the semester, I want that to grow. I want your developer number to grow. That's your highest value. So getting that vision, your highest value is to reproduce, and it's also your highest joy. Mm. To help others go further faster, it will be one of your highest joys. So I would say start somewhere. Start to pick out at least one person and start to ask those questions. Hey, what are you proud of? Start to see how can you better help them get a better fit to roll in your company? Are they spending as much time as they can? When they're in their strengths, you can be excellent in an area that was already a strength. So how can you help position them? What are the things you love to, what are the tasks you keep wanting to get back to, the frequency you want to increase that? How can you help to push them more there? Cause that's a better value on your team and to themselves. Okay. Do that with one person. So we add another one on and on and on. So mm-hmm. once you kind of get that momentum, that snowball effect with one person to see how they're kind of responding to that, I think that'll add fuel to want to do it more, but start with one person.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think, uh, someone told me once that, I guess if you do, if you do something, it's like 21 times, it becomes a habit. <laughs> so, right. If you just do the same thing over and over asking those questions 21 times. And then all of a sudden it becomes normal and it's worked into your everyday routine. And so I guess, you know, on, on top of that question, you know, obviously there's people, there's people out there that are like skeptical about this kind of thing and different leadership trainings and development trainings, all these different things. And, um, you know, some people have mindset where, oh, the company is just sending me this training so they can like check a box. Right. But, you know, I think it's important to help people understand, you know, how these things take time to um, develop and make the change within the culture. So, so for you, I mean, and the companies that you work with, how long do you say it typically takes for it really to maybe, I guess, first sink in and hit the leadership and kind of have, because obviously at the beginning, I'm sure you have, you know, a percentage of people that are, they're bought in, right? They're into it. And then you have some that are like iffy about it and some maybe that are just disinterested. So so how long do you think it takes to get that leadership team like 100% bought in and then kind of start to drive that down and kind of have that trickle down effect?
1: So I can't give you in mm-hmm. exact time frame, but from yeah. my experience, I will picture one team in particular that I've coached for about two and a half years. Sure. When I think of the there's gonna be some personalities who in the beginning are more skeptical yeah. or if they've been burnt before, you know, I had mm-hmm. this training it was flavor of the day or whatever, they had a bad experience. So I would say number one, results you can't beat that. And so mm-hmm. when you see a team, when you see it actually working in the common language helping or yeah. your relationship with one another getting getting better that's the biggest win. Like when they start to see that, Oh, okay. And they kind of buy in, Mm -hmm. but I'll also say this, although you can't, you can lead a a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. True. But you can give them a lot of salt. Peer pressure Uh, is a lot of salt. I like that. (laughs) Saying from one leader to another, Hey, this is what I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Can you help me? Can you help me? This is a trigger. I noticed in my personality. That when people around me don't give their opinions very quickly, I'll, I can just jump over and, and jump in and give my opinion. And I'm mm-hmm. noticing it's shutting people down. And I don't want to be that type of leader. If I'm in a meeting and you see that happening, will you give me some type of sign to help me back off? Because I want everyone to literally be able to weigh in. Because if you can't weigh in, you can't buy in. I literally make people say that out loud over and over in class. <laughs> if people don't weigh in, they can't buy in. Comes a whole quiz I do. Mm-hmm. And so when I go back to, you can give them a lot of salt. Peer pressure is salt. When everyone's doing the same homework, yeah. and I have a couple of skeptics, but guess what? You're going to do the homework too because I'm going to ask you about it at the start of the next class. Network's yeah, going to report to out what they that learned. Didn't do it. Yeah. Yep. So I say you can give them a lot of salt. Peer pressure is a lot of salt. Wanting to influence one another is a lot of salt. Mm-hmm. So by the end, you get the buy-in because you're already bought into your company. You work there. Right. <laughs> you want your team to be better because you're an adult. Mm-hmm. And so those who don't, they are going to fall away anyways. That was going to happen anyway. And so the buy-in and the strength of that team, as everyone's working on this, that's how you see growth.
0: Interesting, interesting. I like all those insights. And I like the, you know, I always use that, uh, you can only lead a horse to water, but I never use the salt part. So I'm going to add that in. I like I like that little addition <laughs> to the saying. Um, so, oh, I
1: give a lot of salt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. And I think, that, I think that's a good thing because it sounds like you're really kind of push these teams to where they need to be. And I can tell that you really enjoy what what you do. Um, and I'm sure that the teams really benefit from that as well. Um, so it's now,
1: cool to see them get proud of their teams as well. Like they're proud yeah. of what they can accomplish and they're proud of what they've grown. And that's what's really exciting. That's how a team gets stronger. That's literally how they make steps. And only healthy things grow. Yeah. And so as you see these teams that are stagnant, they're not healthy, then you want to grow and growth comes in lots of ways by mm. people being able to have conversations that they were before afraid of, by people willing to take on a new risk that before they would have never volunteered for. I see people get promotions who so now it's because they're starting to have these practices. And so n- others notice, Yeah, like so healthy things grow. So that's what I love watching. You see their pride in the teams and the, they're also proud of their company.
0: Definitely, I can imagine. Um, so, so everything you're doing is really great um, especially for Hendricks County, right, Indianapolis. So but there is an opportunity, I guess, for people to come see you, speak about some things as well at the upcoming C Conference out in Indianapolis, uh, March 12th and 13th. So at the C conference, what uh, you're on a panel and what is actually the topic that you'll be um, discussing and, and it's on Thursday, correct?
1: Sure. So Thursday morning at 10:15, the Department of Workforce Development, our DWD, is going mm-hmm. to be asking myself and some other um, local trainers about how – so there's a grant called the Next Level Up Grant
2: okay. that
1: our governor, Eric Holcomb, has had for the last couple of years that are just for this industry mm-hmm. to help them raise up leaders and to raise their skills.
2: Interesting. And
1: so for those of us who are involved in this industry, they're going to be asking us how we've seen people use the grant and what it's doing for this industry to raise up our economy here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be talking about that. And some other options that people have that they can get on board to use their grant dollars towards.
0: Okay, very interesting. Uh, excited to hear about that, definitely. And and that's going to be at the C conference uh, out in Indianapolis. And I have more information about that uh, on the newwarehouse.com. Um, so I also want to talk to you about one other thing. I think this is actually how we initially connected uh, quite a while ago, probably a year ago. Uh, Mavpack actually does something called the pallet games. So do you want to tell us about what that is? And um, and then of course, I guess we have one coming up sometime this year. So tell us about that too.
1: We do. Pallet games, the warehousing event of the year. So <laughs> once again, we believe in building community and we get to gr- meet great customers, great mm-hmm. companies, but they don't always get to meet each other. Okay. And if the number one thing that employers and great managers can give a gift is appreciation, but Mm. they didn't have an outlet to, Hey, let's celebrate and appreciate the hourlies on the floor that do so much work and that are fantastic, but they didn't have an outlet to really celebrate them. Mm. So we invented this thing called the pallet games. So it's six warehousing style games. Like you have a pallet jack stacked with 50 boxes and four teams are racing it around obstacles. We will blindfold your manager and your team has to get them through a maze You'll pack a white wine bottle and have to drop it and see who's breaks. So all types of warehousing style uh, games while you compete for the golden pallet. So <laughs> when else you get to enter a building to a DJ and upper red carpet? while everyone's matching. And when I say matching, some are in tutus, some yep. look like the Harlem Glo- globe trotters, <laughs> but come in and be completely celebrated while you compete as a team. And so just adding energy to this amazing industry mm-hmm. Team development, team unity, really company pride. You're being paid to be there. Your managers and um, leaders are investing in you to be there. Yeah. So it's just this great event. We have seventy two teams that'll compete this year. So we'll do two identical days, April fifteenth and sixteenth, because we can just take thirty six oh, wow. teams per day. And so, so eight thirty to one thirty. Seventy two teams.
0: Wow, that's a lot.
1: This is our fourth year to do it.
0: So, yeah. yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's totally an awesome thing. I mean, that's so we connected, I guess, over that because I said saw it on uh, Instagram somehow, I think is how I came across it. And I thought that was mm-hmm. such an awesome idea. And uh, like you said, I mean, it's a huge, huge uh, team building thing I can imagine. So and it's very, at least, you know, from my experience, it's very out of the ordinary what uh, distribution <laughs> centers would do for hourly workers, like you said. So um, definitely still along the lines of, you know, serving and helping develop these individuals. So Really, really cool that you're doing that. And you said, when is it um, this year? Do you have a date yet?
1: April 15th and 16th. It'll be here in central Indiana. We okay. take over a whole empty warehouse for a couple of weeks as we set up, and then it's for two full days that everyone comes and competes. The competition's really before and after because right mm-hmm. now they're all competing to get on the team and doing different engaging activities to raise the energy. They're all getting their team captains squared away and all their apparel. Mm. They'll have a sign to decorate and bring. So it's really exciting now. And then afterwards everyone goes back at their t-shirts and their stories and their pictures. And so it happens just for two days, but the energy and the excitement lasts all year.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It's more long-term. So it's great. It's great. You guys are enabling that kind of team engagement for other companies as well. So definitely thank you for doing that uh, for the industry. Um, So, what else um, should we know about Mavpack, and how can we find out more information about Mavpack?
1: Sure. M A V P A K M-A-V-P-A-K.com has anything you need to know about us. We serve this industry in four ways. And that's mm-hmm. just because we've reacted over the years when customers say, hey, no one else will help us with this. So we design all the packaging, take all that work of having to figure out what your product should be so it's not damaged and how mm-hmm. to get the lowest freight costs because there's things we don't think about when it comes to all that. We have an equipment wing where literally we'll come in and do your service maintenance and your emergency calls because we had people say we have machines down, but we don't have a tech on site who can fix it. That's a big pain point for our customers in this industry. So we do that. We do short-term warehousing. So if you just have overflow for a few months, we'll Mm -hmm. we'll take that pain point on. And then we help develop your leaders on the leadership wing. So we have four divisions, and we serve just here in central Indiana.
0: Great. Thank you so much for coming on uh, the new warehouse podcast, Laura. And we'll definitely post more information about all that stuff on the dot All right. And thank you to Laura Hayes for coming on the show. Really, really interesting stuff and definitely excited to uh, connect with her over at C conference next week. Um, so we're going to take a couple minutes and we're just going to hear from uh, the main organizer of C conference herself, Laura Steele, former guest of the show. You guys may remember, uh, she's going to give us a little information about the show itself um, so you know what to expect. So if you're able to come out to Indianapolis next week on Thursday and Friday, please do that and check out the C conference. And if you're not able to attend, uh, I will be there on Friday getting some coverage so you can check that out and definitely look out for the next one to come after that. I am joined by... Laura Steele, who is the Program Implementation Manager at Hendricks County Economic Development Partnership. You may remember from Laura from a previous episode where she told us about all the great things that Hendricks County does for uh, the logistics industry. Uh, so Laura is actually the mastermind behind the C Conference, which is coming up. Uh, in just a week, uh, and I will be there on the Friday. It's for two days, and it's going to be a supply chain education conference. Uh, it's going to be really, really cool. Um, but I won't spoil all the details. I'll let Laura do that. Uh, so, Laura, how are you?
3: I'm good, Kevin. Thanks for uh, giving us another opportunity to talk about the conference.
0: Definitely, definitely. I'm I'm excited for the conference. It's going to be really, really fun. It's the it's the first one, so. Uh, definitely be interesting to see how you guys put it together. I'm most excited for the robotics playground, I will say. Um, but why don't you tell the listeners what exactly is the C conference?
3: Yeah. And I'll, um, admit that I'm most excited about the robotic playground too. So you're in good company on that (laughs) one. Um, and it's not because it was my idea or anything, but maybe a little bit because, um, (laughs) so yeah, it's going to be two full days, um, just outside of the Indianapolis airport in Plainfield, Indiana. So Mm -hmm. just right in central Indiana, um, about five ten minutes west of downtown indianapolis so great location if you're flying in or even if you're driving in from anywhere around the midwest um but basically we're just taking two full days to really educate and expose um the community around us industry workforce development organizations um community leaders educators um all about what supply chain is and what it's becoming. Um, the automation that we're bringing in is really going to showcase what the jobs and the careers in the logistics and supply chain um, industry are starting to develop into. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also really going to encourage our community and our employers to embrace that technology a little bit more actively. So um, really excited. We're going to have um, exhibitors from Allied Automation. Uh, yep. We have some cool partnerships that are bringing in robotics from Fanuc and Fetch. LHP engineering will be there. Uh, mm. We've got a lot of really cool exhibitors that are going to be on site as well as great speakers too.
0: Great. Great. Yeah. I think, um, you know, you had an interesting point there. Like even if you're from outside of that Indianapolis area, I think it's a great chance to, and like opportunity for people outside the area to come in and see, I think just how, How much your community there and kind of the community that you've helped develop is so, so in tune with the logistics industry and how everybody's kind of helping each other grow. So I think it's a really good opportunity for people, I guess, from outside that circle to come in and kind of see how that's done and then maybe have some takeaways back to uh, their little community.
3: Absolutely. We want to set a trend and we want to also, you know, show off. It's been a lot of hard work. So we're excited to talk about the partnerships we formed and the support that we've had, um, throughout the process. So this is a great opportunity to do that.
0: Definitely. And, uh, why don't you give us some of the speaking topics that you'll have there?
3: Yeah, I'm really excited. Our speaker lineup, you know, you had mentioned this is the first year and our speaker Mm -hmm. lineup is pretty shocking for a first year event like this. Mm -hmm. Um, because we have a little bit of an eclectic focus wanting to make sure that education industry community, um, and even students, we'll have some students there, are all being spoken to, not spoken at. We've got great speakers Mm -hmm. from Purdue University. They're going to be talking about some of um, the programs that they offer. We've also got um, a professor from Butler University who is working really hard to build out some of their operations and supply chain programming um, at the Lacey School of Business. But then we have um, major companies like Langham Logistics, Walmart e-commerce, G. Joe George with Heister Yale, who's spoken at Promat before. He will be there. Just a really great mix of industry and experts that are, um, you know, just sharing topics on how to make those adjustments, how to be smart about making those adjustments, and then, you know, really just encouraging people not to be so scared. I think we've um, done a really good job of showcasing this image of a robotic hand and a human hand kind of making this heart and coming together. And we really want this to be a, a true showcase of that and making sure that everybody feels comfortable with this new automation and technology shift. So.
0: Great. Great. Yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be really impactful and I think there's going to be a lot of takeaways, um, from the event. So really excited to, uh, be attending. I'll be there on the Friday. So why don't you tell us, uh, exactly, I guess the dates and times that it is.
3: Yeah. So it's going to be Thursday, March 12th and Friday, March 13th. Um, our keynote speakers will start at 9am. We'll have a lot of opportunities throughout the day to network and to integrate with some of those um, exhibitors and their technology that they'll have on site. Um, So each day will go until about four o'clock. We do have a really exciting after hours event on Thursday. We're doing a March madness theme cocktail hour. Um, We'll have a, I know I'm excited. I hope you get in early (laughs) enough on Thursday that you can come to that. Um, But we'll have a pop shot and just an opportunity to again, network with all the other attendees. Um, and it will be held at the brand new, like literally not even opened a year, um, Embassy Suites Hotel and Conference Center, again, just west of the airport oh, in Plainfield, nice. Indiana. So we're really excited about that, too, to show off that new piece of asset that we have in our community.
0: Okay, great. And where can people go to find out more information about the conference?
3: Yeah, so they can go to the dot um, that'll give you some full program lineup and buttons to register, or you can go on Eventbrite and search for the C conference. Um, and most of that same information will be on our Eventbrite page as well. And we're, um, on LinkedIn and, uh, Facebook through go HLSP. Um, and that's H as in Hendricks, S as in sector logistics and partnerships. Um, mm-hmm. or you can find our event through the C conference on Facebook as well.
0: Okay. Awesome. And we'll definitely post all that information on the newwarehouse.com as well. Uh, Is there anything else we should know about the conference before we uh, say goodbye?
3: No, just really excited to have people out um, and welcome them to the beautiful state of Indiana.
0: (laughs) Sounds great. And I can't wait to uh, see you at the C conference.
2: You've been listening to the new warehouse podcast with Kevin Lott. Subscribe and check us out online.